0: Today is the Super Bowl of impeachment hearings. Today is the day that you have to pay attention. The ambassador from Europe, Sondland, is uh, now coming into the Capitol. He is uh, going to be testifying in about a half hour or so. We have his opening statement already. If he changes his testimony, which some say he's going to, if he changes his testimony... It could mean trouble for Donald Trump. It's not a knockout punch, but it's not good because the president took this approach of no quid pro quo, which I think is a, a losing argument. But he has to change his, his story. If he doesn't change his story and his former testimony, if he stays with his former testimony, I think it will be a knockout punch for the Democrats. This is the guy. It all boils down, really, I think, to him for the Democrats. It's Ambassador Sondland. We begin in one minute. This is the Glenn Program. All right. The ambassador who is at the center of the inquiry has just taken a seat in Capitol Hill in front of the impeachment hearing and uh, the Intel Committee and... They're about to ask him some questions. Schiff is just sat down and he's about to open those big, huge bug eyes. Can you imagine if he and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez ever had a child? <laughs> the head would be just a giant eye. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Was it a Cyclops has one yeah. eye? Is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, of? the Cyclops uh, is cyclops a third child. eye. I think, right? Oh, Cyclops is a third eye. What's I'm thinking of? Like, isn't there? A, there's a oh, something maybe. on the Simpsons that's just one no, big one eye. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that thing well, is. Well, it'd be, that's Mike. It be.
0: We could just say the baby would look like Mike from Monsters Inc.
1: Yes, that's that oh, There you yeah. go. Perfect. Right. Mike from Monsters Inc. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is what I'm thinking yeah. about. This is the. This is a big day. We've had a lot of, I don't know, a lot of things that you kind of would expect. Sondland is the witness. This is the playoff game. It's I don't know, is it the Super Bowl? Maybe it's the Super Bowl. It's right there because uh, the, the Democrats Bowl. It is lose playoff. this. It's it a playoff the playoffs. Game. Yeah, it's a high stakes game. And here's the mm-hmm. thing: Sondland is, is the one of the big complaints that Republicans have is you keep giving us hearsay evidence. No one, none of these people have even talked to the president. Well Sondland has talked to the President. All the things that have come out that have been reported as these huge bombshell negatives for the president have all been through Sondland because Sondland was the guy that talked to the president he's the guy who was on the phone at this restaurant uh, and the, all the people around apparently overheard it he's the guy that reportedly after the conversation said you know Trump doesn't care about Ukraine all he cares about is his own personal you know benefit with politics so Now, Sondland has not said he's said any of those things. He has revised his testimony a couple times to move it more towards the evidence Democrats have presented. So he came out and
0: said he 's looking for his survival, I think, one way or another well he 's a guy he 's not a political kind of guy, and he 's looking for his survival and If he was lying, he realized,
1: oh crap i 'm in deep trouble, yeah, and they keep bringing up this you know the the media keeps bringing up the same point, which is every time they bring one of these people up, they' like, this is a public servant. this man has been worked for Republicans and Democrats he 's been in the state Department for nine hundred and twelve years, and they bring this up as, 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 as you know as, as positive Yeah, it's right. Dark sondland is not that guy sondland mm-hmm. was a was not a huge trump fan initially but came mm-hmm. around to him in a big way and wound up donating uh, over a million dollars to his inauguration uh, campaign a mega donor as is the case with every administration the mega donors wind up getting ambassadorships and so he's the the guy going to the eu
0: I want to take uh, uh, Adam Schiff because he's talking about the 2016 election in Ukraine, that it was a discredited th- conspiracy theory, that there was anything going on, and who the president feared the most was Joe Biden, and Sondland's about to say that that's all true.
2: In exchange for politically motivated investigations that Trump believed would help his reelection campaign. The first investigation was of a discredited conspiracy theory that Ukraine, not Russia, was responsible for interfering in the 2016 election.
0: No, Adam, they can both be responsible. The
2: second investigation that Trump demanded into was into a political rival that he apparently feared most, Joe Biden. Trump sought to uh, weaken Biden and producer. to refute the fact that his own election campaign in 2016 had been helped by a Russian hacking and dumping operation and Russian social media campaign directed by Vladimir Putin to help Trump. Trump's scheme undermine military and diplomatic support.
1: It's deal for with the Adam Schiff's pacing and in these US things. Anti-corruption it's really deliberate, slow, and weird. Trump and then when he gets questions from other Republicans United on the committee, States. he just stares straight As forward like he's on some weird told, drug. Right. You notice that? Sir yeah. David it's
0: really Trump creepy. Really yeah. He, he might be on some weird drug. Trump did not oh, okay.
2: Good. Ukraine.
0: You're expecting someone to explain him? Even his mother's like, I have no idea. He's been creepy weird ever since. Since he was sitting at the, the dinner Master table Sondland in his high chair maker, with those creepy eyes and that big forehead. <laughs> the president
2: found himself increasingly embroiled in an effort to press the new Ukrainian president that deviated sharply from the norm in both terms of policy and process.
1: Interesting visual for the radio February listeners. Sondland, so- they're showing clips of Sondland as Schiff is reading this. Sondland does not look. Um, he looks confident. He looks confident. He, he you know, looks like this is a joke. Back. I know exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. He looks like he yeah. he's been smiling through yep. this with 21st, Schiff. He's projecting Zalinsky's confidence. Yeah. yeah, not not a I'm, I'm going to tell a big secret and exactly. I'm so sorry. Right. It's not that vibe, at least visually right. from Sondland. Uh, I want to stations. Why don't we take a
0: quick break now? 20 Get 20. ahead so we don't break up Sondland's.
2: Of the White House meeting for President Zelensky, which the group deemed crucial for U.S.-Ukrainian relations, or so as
1: uh, Schiff is blabbing here, can I give you a preview here of this uh, opening yes. statement? So there's some big, pretty big stuff in it. Um, they uh, he goes through a series of about six points here at the beginning of it. We've uh, acquired the uh, testimony here in advance, um, and what's interesting here, probably the big takeaway, is his fourth point here. Um, And he's going to go through this whole thing in just a couple of minutes, but we're going to give you a preview anyway. He says, as I testified previously, this is when he changed his testimony. Mr. Giuliani's requests were a quid pro quo for arranging a White House visit for President Zelensky. Mr. Giuliani demanded that Ukraine make a public statement announcing investigations of the 2016 DNC server and Burisma. Uh, Mr. Giuliani was expressing the desires of the president of the United States, and we knew that these investigations were important to the president. So that is as clear a an that's accusation. The, that's again, the only one that really has any real firsthand credibility knowledge. Yeah. on this. And he's saying now again, like you can say this is why we've made this point five thousand times. You can't set the hurdle at quid pro quo. It's a ba- it's a dumb place to defend because there's tons of people who. We're all acting like it was a quid pro quo. They all seem to have evidence and and uh, and at least belief and testimony here that it happened. Now Sondland is as close as we're, we've been able to see from to the president that is saying yes, that's what it was. Again, Sondland is not just some guy; he's a huge supporter of the president. Um, so that is a is a big deal, and it points to, if nothing else, Glenn, and see if you agree with this, that. Giuliani is going to be the focus of this these these people who are in this situation who are on the borderline like Sondland who could get in trouble or could be the hero witness mm-hmm. are going to push this not necessarily to the president uh, at the end but towards Giuliani and if they can get Giuliani to take the blame for all of it um, it may be a place where uh, where the the president and everybody else winds up being comfortable uh, now that whether that works or not i don 't know it's a big question of whether the American people believe that, and I think you know there's some evidence to believe that Giuliani does this type of thing you know on his own um, but they he says in his testimony that we knew we didn't think Giuliani was necessary for this process, but we did not think he was acting in bad faith. We did not think he was trying to do something illicit. We thought it was a legitimate. Uh, role, we just didn't really like that he was involved in our thing. So he says, finally, at all
0: times, I was acting in good faith as presidential impl- uh, appointee. I followed the directions of the president. We worked with Mr. Giuliani because the president directed us to do so. We had no desire to set any inc- uh, conditions on the Ukrainians. Indeed, my personal view, which I shared repeatedly with others, was that the White House meeting and security assistant should have proceeded without preconditions of any kind. We were working to overcome the problems, given the facts as they existed. Our only interest was to advance longstanding U.S. policy and support Ukraine's fragile democracy yeah that,
1: that's interesting and he in the previous paragraph also talks about the quid pro quo he's mentioning he's saying was a thing was about the meeting not about the money correct when he found out about the money he was uh, the security assistance he was very upset about that um, and did not think that that should be any part of the uh, uh, policy whatsoever so he is making a distinction there is like yeah we were we were doing a yeah you can come meet with the president but you got to do this investigation thing That did happen, according to Sondland. However, he's saying when he found out about the security assistance being withheld, he was very angry about it. Um, And uh, he said he was adamantly opposed to suspension of any aid. Uh, He tried diligently to ask why the aid was suspended, but never received a clear answer. What's interesting about that is it means the quid pro quo that he's talking about, according to Sondland, did not have to do with the money. He never got an answer as to the why money. the money was suspended that's a big a uh, big distinction here the democrats will certainly push uh, on that to see if they can get something else to pop out of it but that is uh, that's a, it looks like that's the direction the sort of uh, the window he's trying to fit this into so he says with enthusiasm we
0: return to the white house may 23rd to brief the president from ukraine um the important strategic importance of ukraine and the value of strengthening the relationship with president zelensky uh to support this reformer we asked the white house for two things a working phone call between uh, presidents trump and zelensky and second a working oval office visit in our view both were vital to cementing the u.s greek relationship demonstrating support for ukraine in the face of russia aggression and advancing broader u.s policy interest Unfortunately, Trump was skeptical. He expressed concerns that the Ukrainian government was not serious about reform. He even mentioned that Ukraine tried to take him down in the last election. Our response to the persistent efforts to change his views, President Trump directed us, talk with Rudy. We understood talk with Rudy meant Mr. Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal lawyer. Let me say again, we weren't happy with the president's directive to talk with Rudy. We didn't want to involve Mr. Giuliani. I believe then, as I do now, that the men and women of the State Department, not the president's personal lawyer, should take responsibility for Ukrainian matters. Uh, So do I, but unless there's something else going on. Is uh, Schiff done with this yet? He's still blabbing. He's still blabbing.
2: President Zelensky did not clear things up in public. The only person
1: this this, this, this uh, impeachment is more about than actual President Trump is is Schiff. Like, it's all about Schiff. The
0: Schiff show. He loves it. Schiff show with the goo-goo-googly eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I first uh, communicated with Mr. Giuliani in early August. He emphasized that the uh, uh, president wanted a public statement from uh, Zelensky. Uh, Mr. Giuliani specifically mentioned the 2016 election, uh, Burisma, and two, cop- the two things that were important to the president. We kept the leadership of the State Department, NSE informed about our activities. We included communication with the Director of uh, Secretary of State Pompeo, his counselor, uh, his executive st- secretary, all within the State Department, communications with uh, Ambassador John Bolton, Fiona Hill, blah, blah, blah. They all knew what we were doing and why well, that doesn't... Does that look good for them? Because they all kind of said they didn't know what was going on.
1: I mean, it is... You can tell there is seemingly animosity between Sondland, again, who's not a State Department guy, although he was. He does believe in the State Department and had a big role there, uh, between him and Giuliani. I mean, they, they, they are throwing a lot of this on Giuliani. And, you know, while they're saying, like, there's a big, you know, segment kind of that you mentioned there where he is saying look, we didn't want to do this. We didn't want Giuliani involved. The president, though, was skeptical of the State Department, and so we went along with it. But we did not want Giuliani involved in this. Now, look, it's the president's decision whether Giuliani's. I mean, the president's the guy paying him, right? It's his personal lawyer. So he gets to make those decisions, and Sondland respects them here, but is pointing out uh, over and over again that he did not like the idea, the road it went down. So it
0: really looks uh, in this testimony so far that you haven't heard yet but we're reading ahead on his opening statement his opening statement at least as far as we have read i'm halfway through page uh the the, the 24 page document uh, and reading it as we are telling you about it uh he is um he looks like he's going after rudy giuliani giuliani is looks like uh he's going to be the the fall guy can we take nunez and his opening statement coming and up here, he's, he's coming up he's... in uh, just a second um, some things happened yesterday that we'll get into as well that that did not go well for the Democrats um, and you know well let's just see this this is this is a really okay, important important day uh, for the impeachment hearing Adam Schiff.
2: With that, I recognize Ranking Member Nunes for any remarks that he yes, would God God to make. thank God, finally finished.
3: Thank the gentlemen, as we learned last night. Story time last night. We get story time first thing this morning. Ambassador Sondland, welcome. Glad you're here. Well, I'm really not glad you're here, but welcome to the fifth day of this circus.
0: Sondland... As I've noticed, noticed
3: the Democrats on this committee spent three years accusing President Trump of being a Russian agent. In March 2018, after a year-long investigation, Intelligence Committee Republicans issued a 240-page report describing in detail how the Russians meddled in the 2016 elections and making specific recommendations to improve our election security. Denouncing the report as a whitewash and accusing Republicans of subverting the investigation, the Democrats issued their own report, focusing on their now debunked conspiracy theory that the Trump campaign colluded with Russia to hack the elections. Notably, the Democrats vowed at the time to present a further, quote, comprehensive report, unquote, after they finished their investigation into Trump's treasonous collusion with Russia. For some completely inexplicable reason, after the implosion of their Russia hoax, the Democrats failed to issue that comprehensive report. We're still waiting. This episode shows how the Democrats have exploited the Intelligence Committee for political purposes for three years, culminating in these impeachment hearings and their mania to attack the president. No conspiracy theory, is too outlandish for the Democrats. Time and time again, they floated the possibility of some far-fetched malfeasance by Trump, declared the dire need to investigate it, and then suddenly dropped the issue and moved on to their next asinine theory. A sampling of their accusations and insinuations includes these. Trump is a long-time Russian agent, as described in the Steele dossier. The Russians gave Trump advance access to emails stolen by the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign. The Trump campaign based some of its activities on these stolen documents. Trump received nefarious materials from the Russians through a Trump campaign aide. Trump laundered Russian money through real estate deals. Trump was blackmailed by Russia through his financial exposure with Deutsche Bank. Trump had a diabolical plan to build a Trump Tower in Moscow. Trump changed the Republican National Committee platform to hurt Ukraine and benefit Russia. The Russians laundered money through the NRA for the Trump campaign. Trump's son-in-law lied about his Russian contacts while obtaining his security clearance. It's a long list of charges, all false. And I could go on and on and on. So this
0: is Devin Nunez. Um, He's got a few more minutes left. Uh, Let's take a quick break so we get right to the ambassador's opening statement. Uh, He's going to open for just a few minutes about, you know, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for having me here. I'm a trusted human being, blah, blah, blah. Then he gets into some real meat, and we'll see how that goes coming up. this is the glenn beck program uh today is the playoff game today is a day you have to pay attention to the hearing we're going to get right to ambassador Saul uh, sondland he is key to this the only one who has anything close to first-hand knowledge of pred- uh, quid pro quo he's going to say for the first time in changing his testimony that there was quid pro quo a
4: few americans have heard my name before these events so Before I begin my substantive testimony, please let me share some of my personal background. My parents fled Europe during the Holocaust. Escaping the atrocities of that time, my parents left Germany for Uruguay and then, in 1953, emigrated to Seattle, Washington, where I was born and raised. Like so many immigrants, my family was eager for freedom and hungry for opportunity. They raised my sister and me to be humble, hardworking, and patriotic. And I am forever grateful for the sacrifices they made on our behalf. Public service has always been important to me. As a lifelong Republican, I have contributed to initiatives of both Republican and Democratic administrations. In 2003, I served as a member of the transition team for Oregon Democratic Governor Ted Kulingowski. Governor Kulingowski also appointed me to serve on various statewide boards. In 2007, President George W. Bush appointed me as a member of the Commission on White House Fellows. I worked with President Bush on charitable events for his foundation's military service initiative And I also worked briefly with former Vice President Joe Biden's office in connection with the Vice President's nationwide anti-cancer initiative at a local Northwest hospital. And of course, the highest honor in my public life came when President Trump asked me to serve as the United States Ambassador to the European Union. The Senate confirmed me as an ambassador on a bipartisan voice vote and I assumed the role in Brussels on July 9th, 2018. Although today is my first public testimony on the Ukraine matters, this is not my first time cooperating with this committee. As you know, I've already provided 10 hours of deposition testimony, and I did so despite directives from the White House and the State Department that I refused to appear as many others have done. I agreed to testify because I respect the gravity of the moment, and I believe I have an obligation to account fully for my role in these events. But I also must acknowledge that this process has been challenging and, in many respects, less than fair. I have not had access to all of my phone records, State Department emails, and many, many other State Department documents. And I was told I could not work with my EU staff to pull together the relevant files and information. Having access to the State Department materials would have been very helpful to me in trying to reconstruct with whom I spoke and met and when and what was said. As ambassador, I've had hundreds of meetings and calls with individuals but I'm not a note-taker or a memo-writer, never have been. My job requires that I speak with heads of state, senior government officials, members of the cabinet, the president, almost each and every day. Talking with foreign leaders might be memorable to some people, but this is my job. I do it all the time. My lawyers and I have made multiple requests to the State Department and the White House for these materials, yet these materials were not provided to me. And they have also refused to share these materials with this committee. These documents are not classified and in fairness and in fairness should have been made available. In the absence of these materials, my memory admittedly has not been perfect. And I have no Mm. doubt that a more fair, open, and orderly process of allowing me to read the State Department records and other materials would have made this process far more transparent.
0: So, um, good point from him. Basically, he is explaining why his testimony has changed. Uh, So, you can't call him a flip-flopper. He perjured himself last time. He's saying, I don't really recall things and I have no access to anything the records should be uh, uh, allowed to be looked into again if this were a fair process. I think that will all change if it goes to the Senate.
4: Ambassador Volker and I worked with Mr. Rudy Giuliani on Ukraine matters at the express direction of the President of the United States. We did not want to work with Mr. Giuliani. Simply put, we were playing the hand we were dealt. We all understood that if we refused to work with Mr. Giuliani, we would lose a very important opportunity to cement relations between the United States and Ukraine. So we followed the president's orders. Mm. Second,
0: followed although we disagreed the president's orders. with the
4: need to involve Mr. Giuliani. At the time, we did not believe that his role was improper. As I previously testified, if I had known of all of Mr. Giuliani's dealings or his associations with individuals, some of whom are now under criminal indictment, I personally would not have acquiesced to his participation. Still, given what we knew at the time, what we were asked to do did not appear to be wrong. Third, let me say, precisely because we did not think that we were engaging in improper behavior, we made every effort to ensure that the relevant decision-makers at the National Security Council and the State Department knew the important details of our efforts. The suggestion that we were engaged in some irregular or rogue diplomacy is absolutely false.
0: That is true.
4: I have now identified certain... The State shadow Department government is, is
0: all set, set up through I the State do. Department. It is standard operating These procedure.
4: emails show that the leadership of the State Department, the National Security Council, and the White House we were all informed about the Ukraine efforts from May 23rd, 2019 until the security aid was released on September 11th, 2019. I will quote from some of those messages with you shortly. Fourth, as I testified this previously, is big. as I testified previously, Mr. Giuliani's requests were a quid pro quo for arranging a White House visit for President Zelensky. Mr. Giuliani demanded that Ukraine make a public statement announcing the investigations of the 2016 election DNC server and Burisma. Mr. Giuliani was expressing the desires of the President of the United States And we knew these investigations were important to the president. Fifth, in July and August of 2019, we learned that the White House had also suspended security aid to Ukraine. I was adamantly opposed to any suspension of aid. I was adamantly adamantly opposed to any suspension of aid as the Ukrainians needed those funds to fight against Russian aggression. Mm -hmm. I tried diligently to ask why the aid was suspended, but I never received a clear answer. Still haven't to this day. In the absence of any credible explanation for the suspension of aid, I later came to believe that the resumption of security aid would not occur until there was a public statement from Ukraine committing to the investigations of the 2016 elections and Burisma as Mr. Giuliani had demanded. So that's what just, one, yeah.
0: what just concerns happened concerns is really important. He said there is a, pre, a quid pro quo, Ron but it was for the White House visit. Mm-hmm. That's not different mm-hmm. That's different than the money. That's not bribery. Hey, I'm not gonna give you some unless you come over to my house and we talk. That's, 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 not, a, that's not bribery. Um, And he said, I've never given, I've never been given a good answer. I later came to believe
1: that's his own opinion. Right. They may try to draw a line there. And that's the one that you'll probably see tossed around today to defend that. I think, you know, he, he believed very seriously that it was and acted as if it was with the Ukrainians. But he does not have direct knowledge that it was holding back the money for uh, the investigations which is a, a huge part of what this is all based on the president let's go ahead and listen we
4: were working to overcome the problems given the facts as they existed our only interest and my only interest was to advance long-standing u.s policy and to support ukraine's fragile democracy now let me provide additional details specifically about Ukraine and my involvement first my very first days as ambassador to the EU which was starting back in July of 2018 Ukraine has featured prominently in my broader portfolio Ukraine's political and economic development are critical to the long-standing and okay, we're going to take a quick break
0: as he right. goes into a little bit of this. Um, I just want to recap, if you just joined it. This is really important testimony. This is Sondland. This is not going well for the president, uh, but it's not a knockout punch by by any stretch. He says that Mr. Giuliani did uh, have quid pro quo. They were working through Giuliani, but it was for the White House visit of President Zelensky, not for the aid. He said later... The White House suspended the aid. I've never been given an answer, and I came to believe that it was about that. However, that it was released before there was any kind of, uh, you know, any kind of announcement that was made. So it kind of undermines that. But you can believe whatever you want, but those are not facts now. He said we were working to overcome two problems. We were trying to get out of the way and trying to get the president to meet with Zelensky and to continue the long-standing State Department policies. Those long-standing State Department policies are what we laid out in the last special. Those are not good policies, but that's what he said he was trying to get to and to cement a U.S. relationship with Ukraine, which I think all of us uh, would uh, agree with. More with uh, Ambassador Sondland and his testimony today in just a minute. Uh, This is make no mistake. This is not good testimony for the president. Uh, This is Ambassador Sondland. Uh, He is a career diplomat. He is, you know, uh, been in the the bowels of the State Department for a long time. He is, in his own words, protecting the uh, the longstanding U.S. policy in Ukraine. Uh, I think that's the worst thing that could happen because that's riddled with corruption. The president has built his entire case on there was no quid pro quo. We have been saying for stop saying that because quid pro quo is a part of life. And if it's in the national interest, of course, there's I want to see what you're doing in the ambassador's own testimony today. He does say that uh, what was uh, uh, what was sent to Zelensky before the phone call was you have to say that you are going to have an open and transparent investigation into these things. The president was skeptical of Ukraine, didn't believe anything in Ukraine, Um, whether you believe it or not, doesn't matter. The president's mindset is was that it's corrupt. He was being informed by several people. It was corrupt. He didn't believe the long-standing State Department people who were in bed with George Soros and everybody else. I happen to believe that. However, the president has made this entire thing about quid pro quo, something that they started in in August uh, and it it just doesn't hold up. Now with this uh, ambassador saying there was quid pro quo, it was not on the military aid. It was on the the meeting between the two. and it came from Rudy Giuliani. That changes things for the president. Uh, hopefully the president will notice that this strategy isn't going to work for him because this is all you'll hear about on the in the press today but we have another way of looking at it and that's coming up
3: you're listening to glenn beck